Hey, this is the last week of our series called Origins. The last week. Last week of our series on Genesis. But it's good and bad news. Good. The good news is uh, that we're going to be jumping into a new one uh, about Exodus uh, in two weeks. Next week, we're going to have small groups. Uh, we have a good time. Bring everybody. We're going to have great discussion about the, the final uh, four or five stories that we talked about. Uh, and then uh, we're going to go into a series on Exodus, and it's going to be sick. Exodus is gnarly. It's gnarly. Moses, uh, the children of Israel in slavery, them getting freed, lots of miracles, and then them being bozos in the wilderness. Um, that's basically it. Something like that. Cool beans? Okay, so let's get into this. Um, real quick, everybody stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. We're going to stretch, we're going to stretch, 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 stretch. Uh, spin around like this, spin around like this. Hands up. Oh, arms in a circle. One side, the other side. Stretch the back. Get ready to go. Um, hey, no mosh pits on the front row, please. Thank you. All right, and then sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Ethan, I said no mosh pits, dude. Uh, okay, now I'm gonna preach and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rock and roll. Can you give me the next 20 minutes of your attention? Is that cool? Okay, our last story that we're gonna talk about uh, for this series in Genesis, the one that wraps it up, uh, we've talked about so much. We talked about the creation story, which is really cool. We talked about Adam and Eve. We talked about Cain and Abel. I talked about Cain and Abel uh, this last weekend uh, for the big church too. Uh, we talked about uh, Noah. We talked about. Um, we talked about Nimrod, we talked about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, and there's, I'm sure there's stories in there that I'm missing, we talked about a lot, okay? Uh, but, so now we're, now we're capping off this lineage of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, now Jacob has 12 sons, everybody say 12 sons, which later on, and there's some substitutes, but later on will be representative of the 12 tribes of Judah, or 12 tribes of Israel, I mean, sorry, <laughs> one of the tribes is called Judah, uh, there's the 12 tribes of Israel, okay, and so this is kind of cool historical fact, historical stuff, but the person we're going to talk about, one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible is a person named Joseph, everybody say Joseph, and there's a couple things that are important here that I'm really excited about to, to talk about, is the story is so impactful, so we're just going to dive right in, and we're going to Read the story. So you can turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37 uh, if you have your Bible. Um, I encourage you all to bring Bibles or have it on your phone or whatever. Also, if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles, and we'd love to give one to you so that you could bring it every week and read out of it and be great. Um, but we have Joseph, and so there's a couple things here that we're going to learn from Joseph. One, just how he lived his life, but then how does it relate to us, okay? Each and every story, we want to see what is the story how does it point to Jesus, and how does it relate to us? Does that make sense, everybody? And this is how we read the whole Bible. The first thing we do when we read a story in the Bible is we, we, we read it in its own context. What is the story? Who was it written to? Who is it about? What's the importance? Then we think to ourselves, how does this point to Jesus? Right? And then we think to ourselves, how does this make sense to me? Are we, are we on the same track? This is how we ought to read our Bibles. What does it mean? How does it point to Jesus? What does it mean for me? Cool beans? So, uh, 
Genesis chapter 37. This is a crazy story. I'm going to read some. I'm going to paraphrase some. It's a long story. We're going we're gonna to jump right into it. Can we do story time with Brett for the next couple minutes? And we're going to get through this, and then we're going to learn through some stuff. Okay, is that cool? Okay, so uh, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob is Joseph's daddy, okay? Jacob is Joseph's padre, father, dad, okay? Um, and if you remember, Jacob and Esau, they were brothers that fought, right? Ben preached that message. Uh, Jacob was a deceiver, and then he wrestled with God. Now Jacob has 12 sons. One of them is named Joseph, okay? Joseph, when 17 years of age, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. While well, he was still a youth, like you guys say, a youth. Along with, his, uh, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Snitches get stitches, okay? Now, Israel loved, Israel's also a name for Jacob. Are we clear on that? Remember, Jacob wrestled with God and he named him Israel. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a very colored tunic, a coat of many colors, if you will. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of all the other brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Okay? So this is where we start off. Think about Jacob is an old man, and he has multiple wives. Weird. I know. It was just one of the sinful things that was going on at that day. Um, Jacob was an old man. And uh, so Joseph's older brothers probably would have been a lot older than him. Why? Because there's 11 of them. So the oldest one was Joseph at this time of 17. The oldest one could have been 40, 50, 60 years old, right? And then the other ones kind of fall in line there. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay? So he's got all these older brothers. But for some reason, Jacob loves Joseph the most. And Jacob makes him a coat of many colors. He's kind of flashy. Uh, he, he likes to wear cool stuff like some of you guys. Uh, but then... His brothers are like, they realize that he's the favored one and they hate him for it. Anybody ever been jealous before? Raise your hand if you've ever been jealous. We can't act like we're perfect. We've all been jealous, okay? I've seen some, somebody roll up on, in a really nice truck. I'm a little jealous, all right? Or someone my age that buys a really big, nice house. I'm a little jealous. Uh, but there's other things that I know they're jealous for because I'm, they ain't got Danielle and Vince like I do. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> Um, they don't got a cool youth group like I do right here. Okay, so anyways, then Joseph had some dreams. Okay, so Joseph's brothers hate him. Are we on the same page? Then Joseph has some dreams. I'm going to paraphrase this part so we don't get into the, too much of the weeds. But the worst part about this, Jace, uh, Joseph, Joseph's, Joseph's, <laughs> I said that because my nephew Jace, his dad calls him Joseph all the time. Okay, so Joseph, his brothers hate him. Anybody feel like your siblings hate you? Anybody? Sometimes. I mean, come on. To make things worse, he tells his brothers of two dreams he had. The first dream, he says that there's like, we're going to put it in today's terms. There's like bales of hay, okay? And one of them is Joseph, and he's in the middle, and all of his brothers are around, and then they all bow to him. And he's like, weird, right? <laughs> They're like, what? Is that supposed to be you? Huh? And they're like, they're arguing. And he's like, I don't know what to tell you. And then the next day, he's like, hey, I got another dream. And they're like, okay, what's that? And he goes, it's really weird. Like the sun, moon, and stars and everything 
was bowing down to me. And that kind of represents you guys, I think. And so, like, they already hate this dude. And he's telling them that they're going to bow down to him. Can you imagine if you just got in a fight with your sibling? And the sibling's like, hey, I just got this really weird dream that you're going to worship me. Like, you're going to bow down to me for the rest of your life. Like, that's so weird, right? Like, let's say, let's say Jake, Sarah, and Caleb, and Jed all get in a fight with Danny, the chosen one. We all know Danny's the favorite. We, we all know Danny's the favorite. He's the only one that got his dad's name, okay? This is a junior. Uh, and they all get in a fight, right? And, and, and DJ, he, uh, he goes to his siblings and he's like, hey, guys, that's, I'm sorry. We got in a fight. That was crazy. But I had this dream that you guys were, like, bowing down, kissing my feet. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that's all about. That's really weird. And, like, Sarah, you, like, made me a bunch of cakes until I told you to stop. And it was like, you know, and Caleb, gave, you gave me all your money. <laughs> and, and Jake, you rubbed my back until I told you to stop. It was like crazy, you know. Uh, you guys would be like, what? And he's like, Jed, you just like were always cutting my hair? Like, no matter. <laughs> it's really weird. And then, and then Jake, with your toes, you were like feeding me grapes and stuff. Like, I don't know. Okay, all right. Like, too far, too far. Okay, all right. Okay, sorry. But wouldn't that be kind of messed up, right? You're like, you'd be upset too. So then his brothers are like, you know what? We hate this guy. Like, we've done life without him. He's the last born. Let's get rid of him. So uh, there's 11 brothers, right? Ten of them are like, hey, let's kill this dude, right? So... Jacob tells Joseph, hey, go check on your brothers out in the field. He goes, okay. So he goes. And they see him a uh, uh, far ways off, and, uh, and they start plotting against him. They said, hey, um, let's kill him. And then <clears throat> uh, the oldest brother, Reuben, or one of the older brothers, is he the oldest one? I think he is. The oldest brother, Reuben, Reuben goes, okay, guys, come on. I mean, come on. We don't have to kill him, right? Like, let's just, Reuben says, let's just bury him in this deep hole. And, uh, and then we'll leave him to die. How's that, right? And then Reuben is saying this, though, with the thought process that he'll come back later and save Joseph, right? So he's like, hey, let's not kill him ourselves. We don't want that on our hands. Let's just put him in a hole. And so they, they throw Joseph into this ditch, right? Like, like I did with me and Danielle and that ranger. Um, so he throws him into this ditch. And he wasn't wearing a seatbelt either. So it was just really terrible. And... Then what happens is they see some Ishmaelites. Remember Abraham's son Ishmael and Isaac? Remember this? Okay. They see some Ishmaelites, right, descendants of Ishmael, uh, walking by. And they're like, even better, let's sell him to them. So it's like. If we're just going to leave him in the hole, might as well get some money from it. Like, if we're not going to kill him, might as well get some money from it. So they sell him to the Ishmaelites. And the Ishmaelites take, take him and sell him to um, Egyptians, right? And so eventually, eventually, Joseph gets sold or gets bought by this man named Potiphar. Everybody say Potiphar. All right. So he gets sold to this guy named Potiphar, right? And, and I'm, I'm working my way through the story. There's a, lot of, there's a lot to it, and then we're going to talk about it. It's going to be really great. He gets sold to this guy named Potiphar. 
Potiphar's a higher up. He's like the, the, the chief of the guard, right? The, the bodyguards, right? For, for Pharaoh. And so Joseph finds favor with God. The Bible says that everything that Joseph touched was blessed by God. And so Potiphar cued into this, and, and Potiphar was like, hey, Joseph, why don't you just be in charge of everything in my house? Because everything you touch turns to gold, right? It's just is awesome. And so Joseph takes care of everything. He's high up. He's, he's, he, he's not treated like, uh, like a slave. He's treated uh, like, like, like a homie, like royalty. And, uh, but then sin comes crouching knocking at the door. Anybody ever been there where life is good? You feel like everything's going your way and then sin just comes knocking on your door. Have we been there? Anybody been there, right? You've ever been tempted in your life? Raise your hand if you've ever been tempted. Okay. So the Bible says that Joseph was a handsome guy. It does say it. It says Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. So Joseph was tall, dark, and handsome or something, right? And so Joseph is, is working for Potiphar. He's doing great. And Potiphar's wife thinks Joseph's kind of cute. It's us. And she tells Joseph, hey, Joseph, like, I like you, you know. She passes a note to him. You want to be my boyfriend? Yes. Check yes. Check no, right? And Joseph's like, no, right? And she's like, please. She sends him a valentine, like, please, you know. And he's like, no, right? And so she's, <clears throat> she keeps trying to get Joseph to be with her, and he keeps saying no. And he even says one of the most respectful things. He says, your husband is the head of this household, and he's given me everything except you. So I won't dishonor him. I'll take everything he's got for me, and I'll leave everything that he hasn't, right? And he said, you're his and his only, right? And so Joseph was an honorable and righteous man. So then she gets mad, right? Whenever you tell the devil no, the devil gets mad, amen? <clears throat> whenever, whenever sin comes crouching at your door and you push it away, the devil gets upset. And so she gets mad. And so the next time she sees him, she grabs his, his coat and she uh, tries to force herself on him and he runs away and she rips his coat off. And then she goes and takes it to Potiphar and says, says that he tried to take advantage of me, right? I had this whole thing. He tried to take advantage of me. So then Potiphar's like, what the? Potiphar throws Joseph in jail, in prison. Throws him in prison. He didn't do anything wrong, right? He didn't do anything wrong. Throws him in prison. Then in prison, he, he, he encounters two people, the cupbearer and the baker. The cupbearer and the baker have two dreams. Uh, the cupbearer's dream is good. Joseph interprets it and says, hey, your dream means uh, that in three days, Pharaoh's going to call you back. It's all going to be good. The baker's like, sick. Tell me what my dream means. And Joseph's like, hey, your dream's not so good. In three days, just like the other guy, but you're going to get hung. And all the birds will eat your flesh. So it's crazy. So then he goes, but also remember me. And the guy goes, I'll remember you. And he doesn't remember from two years. And then Pharaoh has a crazy dream. Joseph goes up because he remembers him finally. Joseph goes up, interprets the dream. He tells Pharaoh, hey, you're going to have seven years of, of, of multitude, seven years of, of blessing. And then you're going to have seven years of famine. Everybody know what a famine is. It's when all the food goes dry. He goes, so you need to take the next seven years of, of, of multitude and save up for the seven years of famine. 
And if you'll do this, you'll survive and you'll be one of the, the greatest empires in the world because everyone will be looking to you during the famine. And he goes, let's do it. Pharaoh takes his ring, puts it on Joseph. He says, Joseph, the only, reason, the only way that I'm higher up than you in this whole empire is because I sit on the throne. Other than that, everything runs through you. Nobody, does, nobody lifts a finger without asking you, Joseph, right? And so Joseph is like second in command of all of Egypt. And if you know this, Egypt back then was like a superpower. Egypt was... Uh, the most powerful um, place in the earth at that time, okay? And so Joseph is running it. Fast forward to the famine, okay? Are you with me still? Fast forward to the famine. The famine gets crazy. Guess who comes knocking on Joseph's door for some help? His scrubby little brothers. Well, I mean, they're little, but in stature. But they're older brothers. His scrubby, older, and one little brother. They come knocking on the door, hey, we need food. Joseph recognizes them, so he disguises himself so they don't recognize him. Then he gives them a hard time. He plays hardball with them, right? Anyways, to wrap up the story, they come back multiple times, and he plays a slight prank on them. <laughs> Where they Remember they sold him? They, they wanted to kill him, then they dumped him in a pit, and then they sold him, right? So there's a new brother, new youngest brother, that is Joseph's full brother, if that makes sense. Same mom, same dad. And his name's Benjamin. And Joseph says, okay, well, he plants something in their backs. And he says, you stole from me. And they're like, what? And he goes, give me Benjamin. He... he He's got, Benjamin has to stay here in prison for the sins of you, for your guys' sins. The brothers start weeping. No, please. Our father can't take this. Our father already lost his favorite son. He can't lose his second, his, his new favorite son, right? He can't. They start weeping and they're like, please, please, no. And then, and then one of the brothers who was in the group who wanted to kill Joseph said, please, take me instead. And Joseph gets so overwhelmed with emotion, he turns away and he's like, he says, take them away from me. And he can't hardly even process it. Then he comes back and he says, hey, I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. And they're like, what? Then they have this reunion. They're, they're, they're reconciled. The relationship is better. So much so even Jacob moves to Egypt, you know, see the grandkids and all that. <laughs> but it's this crazy story of Joseph maybe being a little arrogant as a young one, but Really just being righteous and faithful and all these terrible things happening to him. Have, have you ever felt like that? Like you're just trying to do everything right and then sometimes life just stinks. Has anybody ever been there? Or am I the only one? And here's a couple of things that we, I'm going to run through these quick as I can. But the things that we see in this scripture, in, in this story, is one, we see this theme throughout the Bible, uh, throughout the book of Genesis of broken brothers. It's Cain and Abel. We see even Noah's sons doing crazy things. We see uh, Ishmael and Isaac broken. We see Jacob and Esau broken in relationship. And we see these brothers broken in relationship. So much so that it even goes back two generations where they, the descendants of Isaac sell their brother to the descendants of Ishmael. Right? It's just brokenness. That's what happened at the fall is that the first thing that broke between Adam and Eve was their relationship to each other. The second thing I, well, I'll say is 
Joseph had these dreams, but they weren't his own dreams. Does that make sense? These were God-given dreams. And so the question I have for you as you, as you dream, as you, as you think about what is life going to look like for me in the future, I want to ask you a simple question, and this will help shape the rest of your life. Is the thing you're dreaming about a dream from God, or is it a dream from you? Because if it's a dream from God, when it comes to pass, it will be blessed. If it's a dream from you, it won't. Does that make sense, everybody? Are my dreams and my aspirations, my goals, the things I want to see in life, the things I want to be in life, are these things that are given to me by God, or is this, are these just things that I want for myself? The crazy thing was, I never wanted to be a youth pastor. <laughs> I didn't. Until about a year before I actually was. I was a youth leader, and some of you guys who are leaders now, uh, Zach, Ben, Jackson, Caleb, Logan, Kevin, that group, I remember hanging out with you guys, and I was like, and even Jake was tagging along too. He was a little young at that point, but he was tagging along. I remember at that point, I was like, I think I could pastor these dudes. I think, I think God's calling me to do it. And it was kind of a rough spot in, in the time of youth ministry for us here at the church at that point, and things were going you know, up and down or whatever, and God put a dream on my heart that I'd never had before. And I remember I, Danielle and I were over at Jeff and Paul's house, and I told Jeff, I was like, hey, I think, I don't know, I think I'm supposed to do this. He's like, I think you are too. So I was like, all right, but somebody else has the job right now, so I'm not going to take it, but I'm going to pray about it, you know. And, uh, but God gave me that dream, and, and, and it's been fruitful. And, so, and hopefully those of you that are sitting here in this room believe that it has been fruitful, that, that your life is better because Danielle and I accepted that call. Amen. So are, are your dreams, your dreams, or are they God's dreams? Amen? The other thing is uh, that God's favor was following Joseph, and God's favor can follow you too if you walk with him. Remember, um, the, whole, the theme that we've been talking about, Ben talked about it last week, is if we could get close to God, not that God's not close at all times, but if in our consciousness can get close to God and can walk with God, right, we, we, can, we, we can find ourselves better for it. We can find ourselves in God's favor because we're close with him. Amen? And it affects more than just you. It affects everybody around you. And the enemy sees you as a threat, just like Joseph, and things start coming down at you. But it's okay because God's got a plan and God's got a, a purpose for your life and it's going to turn out for good. What if, what if Joseph would have given up? Think about that. Joseph's in a pit. I would have gave up there. <laughs> Step one. I'm, I'm a goner. Then they sold him into slavery. I would have gave up then too. Well, this is how it is. My life just sucks. Never going to get it back. Then he finds favor in Potiphar's house. At that point, I would have been like, all right, we're good. We're back. <laughs> what up? <laughs> and then he gets framed for something he didn't do and thrown into prison. I would have given up there too. It's like, what? I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm in prison. For a long time. Like 13 years. I'm in prison. What am I doing? Then he gets an opportunity to get out, right? He's out. Everything's great. It's awesome. He's up there. And that's it. We're on the mountaintop, second in command of all of Egypt. Then my dirtbag brothers come back. I'd have gave up there too. I'm like, get out of my face. You sold me. One, you try to kill me. Then you threw me in a ditch. Then you sold me, and you want me to give you bread? Kick rocks, bro. 
That's what I would have said. Joseph had every right to say that. He could have looked at his dad. Oh, okay, this Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Hey, go pray to your guy that he'll send you some bread. Don't come to me. Your son threw me in a ditch. But what did he do? He was faithful again. He provided for them. The whole way through, he didn't give up. What if he would have gave up? Joseph was also faithful to his gifts. He kept interpreting dreams. Here's a question I have for you, guys. What, what gift has God given you that you're not stewarding well? Is it a gift of, of music? Is it a gift of, of, of relationship? Some people just have such a good gift of relationship. If you've got a gift of connecting and relationship, when you go to school, people seem to like you. Why aren't you inviting everybody you know to church? That's, that's the gift that's leading right there, right? Or you could sing or you could do whatever. Or you, maybe you're, uh, you, you want, you've got a word to preach and you want to jump up here and, and preach a word. Or maybe you, you, you love computers or you love techie stuff and we've got stuff that we could do there. Or you just love greeting people or you love organizing events or whatever it is. What, what is the gift that God's given you that you're not using? And how can we use it? How can we help you use it? Amen? The other thing is Joseph was faithful to his context. Joseph wasn't chasing the people that were outside of his context. He didn't have a type of person he wanted to reach. He reached the person that God put right in front of him. So when you're at school, it's not about, well, I'd really like to invite that person because that would be fun. We'd probably have a good time. But this person right here, they're probably not the type of person I would invite to youth groups. I don't really vibe with them. I don't really get along with them. But you sit next to them in class every single day. Maybe God's calling you to minister to that person amen joseph was humble even at the very top he was humble pharaoh said how are you interpreting these dreams he said it's not me it's god god will interpret this dream for you i don't know if i would have done that i'd be like yeah dude i'm a baller honestly the other thing is the restoration at the end happened because of forgiveness Remember when we talked about that with Cain and Abel and, and the forgiveness, the 77 times forgiveness that God wants us to have? That we see that in Joseph. Joseph is a, is a really good picture of Jesus before Jesus. Think about it. He was the favored son. Betrayed by those around him. Joseph was sold for 20 shekels. Jesus was sold for 30. I just chalked that up to inflation. Um, that's a, that's a grown-up joke. Sorry. Um, then Jesus, Jesus spends time in the grave and comes back to bring restoration to all. Joseph spent time in a prison to come out of it to bring restoration to his own family. It points to Jesus. Isn't that cool? All for the glory of God. So here's the thing. How do, so we, we see the story. We see how it points to Jesus. How does it point to us? And here's where I'm ending. It'll be really quick. So just give me these last five minutes. Is that okay, everybody? How does this story point to us? The story points to us simply, and I, someone preached a message about this at the conference that I was at, and I'm just stealing his main point. And his name's Nathan Finocchio, so that the credit's out there, okay? <clears throat> the main point here for us to remember is simply that we need to be faithful witnesses to God. Faithful witnesses for God. All that Joseph did was what God told him. He told everybody else. 
even when it meant that his brothers would hate him. He told the two dreams to his brothers because God gave him those dreams. He told, here's the thing that's hard. The cupbearer's dream was easy to give that. It's, it's really easy to tell somebody that it's all going to work out for them. It's easy to tell somebody that everything is, is, is going to be perfect. You know what's really hard? Is when you have to sit down with someone and tell them that the trajectory of their life is leading them to a life of spiritual death. That's a hard one. That's one I have to have at times, and I hate it. And I wish with everything in me, I wish with everything in me, I could be like, no, it's good. Everything's good. Everything's fine. But sometimes I have to be like, hey, I don't, I don't like where this is leading you. I don't, I don't think this is good for you. And we, as the same thing for our friends, we have, we have to think about that. And we're not, we're not condemning our friends because we, we've got the, a log in our, our eye bigger than the speck in theirs. Amen. But what happens is, is we have to be faithful to what God is calling us to say to somebody. We have to be faithful to how God is asking us to witness to, some, to somebody. And, some, and the good thing is the gospel is good news for everybody. But here's the thing about the gospel. The gospel is good news because Jesus saves us from our life full of sin. But the gospel is also tough news because he asks us to take up our cross too. And so don't be telling people about Jesus if you're just going to tell them that God rescues you from all this. Jesus rescues you from all this. This is great. This is great. It's great. It's great. It's great. He just loves you. He loves you. He loves you. No matter what, he loves you. He loves you as you are. Don't start ministering to folks if you're going to say he loves you as you are and you're not going to say that he wants you to change. Because I promise you Jesus loves you just like you are. But he loves you enough that he wants to see you transformed. He does. He really does. And we have to be faithful witnesses to that. We have to be the ones that can tell the cupbearer, like, hey, yeah, this, man, the next few years are going to look great for you. And then we can also look at the baker and be like, hey, the next few years are going to be really bad. <laughs> Especially if you keep on the trajectory that you're on. Right? And so we got we to gotta share with people the good, the good news of Jesus, the best news of Jesus is that freedom from sin. Freedom from the, the mess of this world. Freedom from the, from, from the stress and from the anxiety of this world. It's freedom in Jesus' name, but only freedom if we completely lay it down for him. It takes sacrifice. It does. But it's worth it. Anything, anything worth anything in life takes sacrifice. Amen? So are we going to be faithful witnesses? We, we, we've, we've talked about this, this book of Genesis and how amazing it is, but you know what it is? It's, it's just a simple story of God loving the nation of Israel and loving the people in it and how God loved Noah and God loved Abraham and God loved Isaac and God loved Jacob and God loved Joseph and God loved every single one of them. God loves you too. So what are we going to do with that? How are we going to be faithful witnesses to that? So next week is small groups. Invite some friends. Bring them to small groups so that they can ask the big questions about God. I want you to bring friends to youth group that are going to argue with me about if God's real or not. I'm down. I'm ready. Bring them. You know what I mean? Bring your friends. Bring everybody. Uh, let's bring them to small groups next week, and then we're going to start our series on Exodus. And Exodus is... Uh, a, a beautiful book about how God cares for his people so much that he'll bring them out of oppression and, and hurting and, and slavery into freedom and rejoicing. Amen? Sounds good? All right. Let's pray real quick. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for this series, God. Uh, thank you for letting us fall more and more in love with your word and taking every step of the way 
um, towards you, God. And so we just lift this up, this series. Hopefully it was impactful, Lord. And we pray that you would bless the next one. But Lord, bless our time next week during small groups. And we can get together, we can talk about this stuff and it'll be um, beneficial to our lives. So we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.